On the Virtual Bible Study tonight, we're going to talk about maintaining purity. We live in a a very wicked and impure world, and it makes it difficult for us to have the purity that God desires. In fact, God demands, and we're going to talk about that on the program tonight. How can we maintain purity in an impure world? It's going to be an important discussion. We're going to get started right now. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you to the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, February, um, March 4th. 2021. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is out of town tonight preaching in Kentucky, and in his place, uh, Josh McCord is here. Josh, welcome to the program. Jacob, thanks for having me. Glad Good that to be you're here. here as well. And uh, also, uh, another fill-in, uh, David Horwath is with us tonight. David, welcome to the program. Good to be here. Glad Thank that you for you're here. Me. And Kyle's behind the controls, as usual. Kyle, welcome. It's good to be here. Kyle, we've got a full house tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah lots of company, and uh, glad for that. Glad that you're all the other... Uh, we're going to have one more, and uh, he called in uh, and canceled. So, but uh, we've got we've got a lot of good help tonight, and uh, look forward to hearing from you. You can help the pro- program out as well if you'll dial eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. If you'll email questions at collegeview.com, or if you'll sign into the chat window to the bottom of your video feed if you're listening to us live on the program, we'd love to hear from you on the program tonight. We'd love to hear from you at any time. You can contact us anytime at questions at collegeview.com. Maybe you hear something on the program you have questions about. Maybe you disagree. Or maybe you just would like to suggest a topic for a future edition of the program, maybe a question that you had in your Bible study, or maybe somebody posed a question to you that you had difficulty knowing the answer to. Um, We don't guarantee that we have all the answers, but we know where all the answers are, and uh, they they are in God's Word, and we can study that, open God's Word together and study it uh, with uh, our Internet Bible study group here. So send us in your suggestion or your question for a topic on a future edition of the program. We're talking about p- maintaining purity in an impure world. And, uh, in fact, it is a, uh, a requirement uh, that God has uh, for us, and we want to talk about that on the program tonight. Earlier today, we sent out some questions for you to consider. These will serve as an outline for our program tonight. We asked, number one, how important is purity in the life of a Christian? What does the Bible say about it? Number two, Does the fact that we live in a wicked world justify a Christian not maintaining purity? And we asked for some Bible examples that may help us to understand the answer to that question a little bit. And then we asked, number three, what things in our society threaten our purity? So if if it is a danger in the world that we live in, we need to be aware of what the the threats are and the dangers are so we can avoid them. We want to to walk into a buzzsaw. You know, you've got to be careful uh, and know what's, what's happening, what things can threaten our purity. Number four. How can we maintain purity in our lives? The Bible gives us some good examples and good instructions on how we can maintain purity in this wicked world. We want to look at that to round out the program tonight. So we're looking forward to you joining us and sharing your comments with us tonight. Several of our listeners have commented. We have email from Dwight out in Iowa. Jim is in Kentucky. Kent's in Georgia. And uh, Grant's in Tennessee. They've already signed in and, and shared their thoughts. And you can share yours as well. We look forward to hearing from you on the program tonight. So first up, we ask, how important is purity in the life of a Christian? What does the Bible say about it? And um, I'll throw it to either one of you gentlemen to help with that answer tonight. Josh, why don't you kick us off? What does the Bible say about purity? Sure. Well, I I don't think we can understate uh, the necessity to have pure lives. I mean, the Bible has a lot to say about it. Um, And I think he did a good job of putting together definitions here about um, being what pure being pure means. And so I wrote down James one twenty seven, uh, where he says that pure religion uh, includes keeping oneself unspotted from the world. There you so, go. There yeah. you go. Yeah, so being pure, just like gold or something, you know, you get all the impurities out of it. <clears throat> God wants our lives to have all the impurities taken out of it so that we can be holy like he is holy. You know, we've had some snow around here lately, David, and uh, Psalm 51, verse 7, reminds us of that uh, that purity. Uh, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. The, the idea of snow is a, an idea of purity. David, I think that helps us to understand how God expects our lives to be, not 
uh, you can have a little sin, you can have a little bit of impurity, a little bit of wickedness. I'm okay with that as long as you're most snow. Snow is pure. God wants us to be white like snow. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the definitions that you can find in Thayer's uh, sinless of life, morally to make pure or to cleanse. Uh, I'd written down the same one, James one twenty seven. three beautiful words uh, there to describe pure religion, undefiled, unspotted, uh, gives just great examples of who we need to mimic in Jesus' uh, his life and the way he walked. Well, he put it very succinctly in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Pretty simple there, Josh. Do I need to be pure? Yes, Jesus said so. How important is it? Well, I want to go to heaven. I'm going to have a pure heart. That's right. If I want to see God, I've got to have a pure heart. All right. Very, very important. And the psalmist in uh, the 24th Psalm, beginning of verse 3, put it this way. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? We're talking about those who are going to go to heaven here. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. If you want to go to heaven, this idea of purity has to be a top priority. God demands purity in the life of his children. Yeah. All right. Uh, 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com into the email box. We have uh, Grant in, up in Franklin, Tennessee. He said, and he took a different slant on this, and I like it. He said, how, we asked how important is it? He said, very important. Christ died to make this possible, Ephesians 5, verses 25 and 27, just as Christ uh, loved the church and gave himself up for her. So Christ died to make us yeah. pure. That's how important it is. Don't, don't go playing around with your purity. Christ died for it. Right. Uh, and we're cleansed by the blood of Christ, he says, 1 John 1, verse 7. Uh, the, the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sins. Right, and of course, Jesus was sinless. And so his, you know, the perfect Why sacrifice. Like yeah, that's our example. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you wear the name Christian. Well, you know what that name means, right. right? You're trying to be like that's Jesus. Right. Uh, and he says the obedience to gospel, the gospel applies this cleansing power to the individual. Uh, and so... Uh, he said, we obey the form or, or pattern of teaching, uh, Romans 6, 17, and 18. Christians are washed, sanctified, and justified, 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 11. You are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. So really appreciate uh, those comments from Grant in that angle. And here's what Dwight said. Dwight said, the Greek word for pure defines it as uncontaminated, unstained, undefiled. We, are, we as Christians are to follow the examples left for us in the Scriptures Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, verse 12, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. And he references Matthew 5, verse 8, uh, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. If being pure means we will see God, then not being pure means we won't see God. That is, be with him for all eternity. Really appreciate that, Dwight. Thanks for your comments there. And then Jim in Kentucky, he said, living a pure life is very important. It is not possible to be a follower of Jesus Christ and not be striving to imitate his life. First Peter one twenty or First Peter two twenty one uh, says uh, that we should be following Jesus as our only example, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. He lived a pure and sinless life, and we should be striving to do likewise. Jim's uh, on the same page there on that as well, and appreciate that. And Kent says. Down in Calhoun, Georgia, purity is of great significance. Throughout the scriptures, God has always commanded his people to maintain their purity before him. We must make, maintain pure minds. First Timothy 4, or 1, 4 and 5. 2 Peter 3, verse 1. We must maintain purity of lifestyle. First Peter 4, 1 through 5. We must maintain purity of speech. James 3, 9 through 12. We must ma- maintain purity of the doctrine of Christ. Titus 2, verses 7 through 8. Uh, excellent comments there as well uh, on this idea of maintaining purity. Uh, so when we think about this, David, this is not something we're going to be passive in. No, I think First uh, John 3, 3 shows that it's, it's not passive. Um, and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself. There's an action there. Right. Why? Just as he, that's Jesus, is pure. So we have to be actively pursuing and seeking and it's rooted up in this hope, this that I that hope of heaven. Well, Jesus said, "Blessed are the pure in heart; they will see, they're going to see God." I've got the hope of heaven. Well, I'm going to be endeavoring to maintain that purity, that standard that God has called me to. Yeah, yeah, Jacob. I didn't. Uh, this verse that I want to reference doesn't have the word pure in it, but Romans twelve nine says, "Abhor that which is evil, 
cleave to that which is good. Uh, and I've heard people that I've worked with say, well, everybody's got their vice, you know, so a little bit's okay. That's, yeah. that's just normal. Yeah. Uh, but when you look at the Word of God, no, no. Uh, Purity is of utmost importance. Jesus totally uh, was able to overcome temptations, and that's what that's what we're supposed to try to do. Um, and and we've got to work at it. It could be difficult, uh, but just saying a little bit's okay. Uh, now that doesn't work. No, and we understand purity in a lot of things. We need to understand it in the same way in our lives. For instance, how about your drinking water? How pure do you want that to be? You know, how about uh, how about uh, if we didn't? Uh, you know, well, we're going to get it mostly clean. But we're gonna. There'll be a little bit of a little contamination. A little okay. bit will be all right. You know, it, it won't hurt you. We, we're pretty sure that it's going to be at a level. It's going to be okay. A little bit of that sewage, a little bit of that chemical, not going to hurt you. Right. No, right. no, not even not playing with that. We're not getting anywhere close to that. But why do we do that with our lives? Yeah. Why, why do we play around with it? Well, Paul would say a little leaven leaven up the whole lump, right? And yeah. we understand that. I mean, if there's contamination or something, I don't want to touch any of it. Uh, yeah. But I think I think the idea a lot of people have is, well, it'll be fine. Just a little bit. It's not a big deal. All right. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com in the chat room. Sign in if you haven't already and share your thoughts there. Uh, it, the program is better. Well, when you don't have to listen to me. Now, these two gentlemen that are with me and Kyle, you, they're, they're, they're helping it out. But uh, we want to hear from you in the chat room tonight as well. And lots of folks signed in there and uh, more can sign in as well. Uh, okay. So purity is very important in the life of Christian. The scriptures are clear about that. Now, someone might say, you know, Brian's in California. He's chimed in. He says First Peter 1, 15 and 16 tells us to be holy. Uh, he says, I believe we are not in any way engaging in compromise when striving for holiness or purity. That's a good, uh, good point, uh, Brian, and thank you for bringing that up. Compromise is, uh, uh, is against the idea of purity. The whole idea of compromise is I know what the standard is, but I'm going to bend. I'm going to give. I'm not going to hold to that standard for whatever reason it may be. Maybe it's peer pressure. Maybe it's just I don't want to put, go through the effort, whatever it is. Compromise, by definition, is not purity. Purity is an absolute standard there, David. You mentioned that idea. Free um, uh, from sin, uh, morally pure. Compromise is against that. And Satan, Satan wants to make it look appetizing. Um, we've been studying uh, in Genesis and and the idea of hey that looks good to me well god has set the standard we read in psalms it is not up to us to direct our footsteps that is given to us yeah uh, to follow yeah i appreciate brian for bringing that up the idea of compromise uh, josh we see it all over you know i i understand what the moral standard is uh, i'd like to, i'd really like to do that not a lot of it not as much as you know everyone around me but just i want to i want to experience some of that and so i'll compromise yeah yeah i think the problem though when you compromise on one point uh, where do you stop the floodgates are open and now you can't you can't compromise at all i mean it's it's all or none ever seen that happen in real life oh for sure absolutely yeah, over yeah. and over absolutely all right so we asked the question, and we're right up against a break. Why don't we get a break, uh, and then when we get back, we asked the question, and, you, and our listeners hopefully can chime in in the chat room. There's no doubt about it. We live in a wicked world. I mean, it's crazy wicked. And it seems like, uh, I was talking with a guy earlier today, it seems like the, the foot's on the accelerator pedal trying to get more and more wicked in the world that we're living in, and, and rapidly so. Does that make it? Does that mean then somehow lower our standards? Does it make it, uh, well, God, uh, he'll justify a little bit of impurity in my life does the fact that we live in a wicked world give us an excuse or justify us not living like we should we want to hear from you on the program tonight uh, there's harv in the chat room harv good to hear from you leviticus 10 verse 3 he references and moses said to aaron this is what the lord spoke saying by those who come near me i must be regarded as holy and before all the people i must be glorified and that was right after nadab and abihu had uh, done their wickedness and uh and what they did when they didn't follow God and didn't obey him in every detail, uh, they weren't revering him and they weren't glorifying him like he should. they should. And, um, and the consequence of that is in our life, we do the same. When we don't obey God in every aspect of our life, we're actually not regarding him as holy and we're not glorifying him as we should. Thank you, Harv, for that. Uh, we're going to go to the break where we normally have Harv's uh, good voice, so we don't have that tonight uh, with my dad being out of town. Don't have that set up. Uh, so we'll have to wait till next week to hear Harv, but uh, we're going to get a break and get your comments during that break. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study will continue right after this. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. 
Computers are good for lots of things, but there's no better way you could be using yours than to participate in the virtual Bible study every Thursday night. Can you think of a better use of your time? Hello, my name is Preston Jackson. I'm from Valdosta, Georgia, and I want to hear your comments. So if you have one, call 931-381-4567 or email your questions at questions at collegeview.com. Broadcasting around the world with truth that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. And welcome to the, back to the program tonight as we talk about maintaining purity in the impure world that we live in. And uh, it is an impure world. You don't have to look far. You don't, you don't have to look very far at all. In fact, the media is going to present it to you on a regular basis, how wicked and impure those, this world is. And does that somehow justify us uh, from, for not living like we should? Well, the first thing I think we need to point out as we think about the wicked world that we live in is this world is wicked, but it's likely not any more wicked than it has been a lot of other times in the world. Uh, you th- well, I know it's not as wicked as it, were, it was in Noah's day, right? Uh, because, uh, well, and just in the families that are represented here, we've got more people than we're on the ark that are interested in doing what's good, right. Uh, and so I, I guarantee it's not as bad as Noah's day. Uh, didn't give Noah an excuse. But even we look at other times. I mean, look at uh, look at the first century, David. Look at the, the, the societies that the Christians were living in the first century. The persecution. Um the the evil uh, we've often I've heard on this program reference the Roman government they were not the epitome of a moral uh, um, culture uh, sin was rampant it was everywhere and how Jesus's entire focus the entire time he was here and all the apostles after and the disciples were following the path the pure and simple way that had been laid out before them. Yeah, um, think about uh, think about the idolatry, the immorality in the first century in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, you know, the, the you think about uh, they were offering their babies as sacrifices to Molech. Uh, I mean, you 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 start listing some terrible things, and they were doing that in 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 those times. And God didn't say, "Well, you know, I'm going to loosen up on you here a little bit." I'm going to. They didn't a, get a pass. Yeah, this this, this standard, I, I I you know, I was wrong. That standard that I wanted from you in this instance, you need you can let up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, as if as if it, God knows that it was too hard, uh, it's just too difficult to follow this path. So just go ahead and, and bend a little bit. Uh, but no, they were still called to the standard. We're called to the standard, uh, and and God knows us. He created us, and He's all knowing. And he knows what we can and do. And it's no surprise to God that this world is wicked. He's right. told us it's wicked, and it, it and it's going to be wicked. Until he returns. In First John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, Do not love the world or the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away but the lust of, and, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. The world's wicked. The things of this world are things that we must avoid. And, uh, and so God understands that. And uh, it was diff- it was wicked in the times of the first century, no doubt. Romans chapter one lists a great n- a number of sins that they they were engaged in, um, and uh, all kinds of wickedness. It was wicked then, and we're told that it's going to be wicked in Second Timothy chapter three, verses one through seven. Josh. Yeah, Second Timothy three, uh, verse one says, "Know this: in the last days, perilous times will come." For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, brutal, uh, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. And it continues to go on. But that that perfectly, I think, describes what's going on in our world today. I mean, all of those things they aren't good descriptions, but that's what we see around us. Uh, and David, do you think that the devil tries to whisper in our ear that well, the world's not really that bad of a place? Try to get our defenses down, mm-hmm. sort of lull us into a sense of complacency that uh, you know maybe it's not as bad as as we would think. Maybe maybe it's mostly okay. Maybe we're being extreme. Maybe we are. Yeah. And uh, and uh, maybe our standards need to be lowered. Uh, but we're called to be a peculiar people, and we'll see that uh, here as we go through these questions. Uh, we're not to, to look or to, to feel comfortable. I think that's, as a Christian in their walk, um, this life here should not be comfortable with all the wickedness around us. 
there should be this uh, tension um, that that we're a light versus the darkness. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you don't mind, I'm just kidding. But it's like this is like the Brady Bunch. Kyle's got. Uh, you and me up high and, and, and David down low. So you look down and, and okay. David, if you look up, it'll okay. look like we're talking to each other. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll remember that. Okay. All right. Um, but so since it is so wicked, that God is very, um, explicit in saying you got to be different. Romans chapter one, uh, 12 verse two, don't be conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Paul just got done in Romans one talking about how wicked the world is. And Romans chapter 12, he says, don't you be like it. It doesn't matter how wicked the world is. You're not justified in allowing it to rub off on you. Yeah, I think it's a danger for us to compare ourselves to the world and say, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not that bad. Uh, you know, I'm not as bad as the next guy, and so that makes me okay. Uh, but my standard isn't the next person. My standard is still the Word of God, and so I compare myself to it. Yeah, uh, yeah not, not just the world around me. I think that's a danger to us to uh, become an impure. So our standard maybe is wrong. That's right. Yeah, we've, we're not judging ourselves by the Word of God. In the chat room, Grant and Janie uh, send in First uh, Corinthians chapter nine, verse twenty-seven. But I buffet my body and make it my slave, lest possibly after I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. And so, uh, it, it's a continual effort. Paul was working on that continuously to make sure that he was not becoming like the world. And Delta in the chat room says, in the last year, I've talked to many people about the state of the world, and they are starting to see just how bad things are becoming. They are shocked at how quickly things are turning around to the wickedness of the world. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of people are, are sensing that. Um, and uh, it is a cause for alarm. Sure. Yeah, and it, wickedness has been there, but I think you're right. I mean, I think with social media and uh, television programs running 24-7, I mean, it's it's just so easy to see now, and it's in your face, and uh, by the world standard, if you're not lining up with the evils and you're not politically correct, then uh, you know you're, you're a weirdo. You're some religious nut. And, and Harv talks about that standard that we're to be striving for in First Peter chapter one verse fifteen. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Well, there's the standard. We're trying to be like God. How much impurity does God have? You know, does God say, "Yeah, you know, it's Friday. I'm going to let down my guard a little bit." Uh, it'll be all right. But, you know, uh, Brother uh, Matt in his lesson, you know, he talked about purity is, you know, impurity is the absence. That would mean an absence of God. That's impurity. God is completely pure. <clears throat> yeah. Impurity is the absence of God and absence of faith in Jesus. So it's like there's yeah, God and impurity do not, they're not belonging to the same sentence. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. So. All right. Ethan in Indiana references 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with this same purpose, because the one who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin so as to live the rest of the time in the flesh no longer for human lust, but in, for the will of God. For the time already past is sufficient for you to have carried out the desire of the Gentiles, having pursued, uh, pursued a course of indecent behavior, lust, drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties, and wanton idolatries, and all this, uh, they are surprised, uh, I think it goes on speaking evil of you, uh, or uh, that you don't run to the same excessive riot. Uh, so, yes, Ethan, thank you for calling that out. We can't be like Christ and engage in the things of the world. You're right. called to something better. Thank you for that, uh, Ethan. Appreciate that. Um, oh, and Harv says he, he was con- trying to connect that verse in First Peter to the Leviticus scripture I sent first. Oh, Okay, so he's connecting uh, Deuteronomy, or Leviticus 10, verse 3, where God spoke by saying, those who come near me, must, I must be regarded as holy, and before all the people I must be glorified, with the idea that God is holy and that we need to be like him. I appreciate that, Harv, yeah. Uh, it, we can't come before God if we're not pure and not holy. That's right. Excellent. Brian in California. I try and guard against immersing myself in the culture. Who's famous and living the celebrity lifestyle? It's so worldly. We should not even be aware of their deeds. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 12 says, For it is a shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. It is corrupting uh, and wars against the soul. Brian is on to something there. Do I need to know what type of shenanigans actor so-and-so in Hollywood is up to? Not at all. In fact, I, it, it's it's harmful to my spiritual well-being to know about these things. Yeah. 
It's shameful to even talk about them. Instead, they're being blasted out in the in the in the tabloids in the news, and not the Christian. He, a Christian is supposed to be uh, setting apart from that and not even being aware of that. Yeah, we don't need to waste one minute trying to read all the latest and greatest details and the juicy uh, information that's put out. I think I think you're right. We don't need to know about that. All right. Uh, well, and th- there's a verse here, and, and Grant has referenced it in his email. Uh, yeah, we're going to get to that now. Grant says, does, this, does the fact that we live in a wicked world justify a Christian not maintaining purity? His answer is no. This relationship demands separation from the world. He referenced 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 14 through chapter 7, verse 1. This is a favorite passage of mine on this topic. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership hath righteousness with, uh, with lawlessness? Or what fellowship hath light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Belial? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Just as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord. And do not touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. There's what God expects, even in the wicked world, is come out from among them. Don't be like them. Don't, as Brian says, don't be immersed in the gossip and the, and of the entertainment industry and all the filth that's in the media. Get away from that. Come out and be separate. Uh, David, that's our that's our mandate from god is don't be like the world and get some distance you mentioned the water example earlier if if you had the last three gallons in your house are you going to allow anything possibly close to that for your family to contaminate you're going to stay away from it um first peter 1 14 uh says as obedient children not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance get away don't get close to be pure. We need to be as far away from the sin and impurities as we possibly can be. I'll tell a quick story, and then we'll go to the break. Um, I was I had to do some work. I got uh, an unfortunate call one time to go to a wastewater treatment plant and do some work there. I was not at all happy about that, but I was trying to keep my distance from that. Um, but we, uh, we had to start up a, a pump, and um, this pump... Uh, the manufacturer from the pump was there, and so we turned on the motor that was turning the pump, and he went to check on his pump. And a few minutes later, he came back, and there was black dots of stuff all over him. I said, is that sewage? He said, yeah. He says there was a valve open down there, and it was spraying everywhere. I had to go and shut it off. Raw sewage on him. Now, Josh, if you had had raw sewage on you, you probably wouldn't have stopped to talk to me. You'd probably be going to find some Clorox to take a bath in. Yeah. Didn't bother him at all. Wore it the rest of the day. And uh, you know you know why it didn't bother him? Because that was his job. He worked around it all the time. He was used to it. He was mm-hmm. used to it. And that's the way it is for us in, in this world. If we're around it, we get used to it, and it doesn't bother us, and it, we'll even get a little close to it, and we might get a little bit on us. But yeah. we've been around it long enough that it doesn't really bother us anymore, and that's a shame, and that will keep us from being with God for eternity if we yeah. allow this stuff to get on us. And we've got to be aware of the purity that God has demanded for us. We're going to get a break, get this week's bullet point. When we get back, we'll continue the discussion. We'll look at our emails or emailers' responses to this idea. Does God not somehow lessen the standards since uh, we are in such a wicked world? And we'll get your thoughts as well. Don't go anywhere. We're back right after this. Now you can listen to a podcast of a recent sermon every week. Find out more at collegeview.com. There's more of the virtual Bible study right after these important messages. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. It's easy to tell if someone is experienced with hard physical labor. A simple look at their hands will show it. Those who work at such tasks develop thick calluses from the repeated exposure to their work environment. The things that once irritated them and produced sore blisters now no longer hurt them. They have grown accustomed to these abrasives. Their bodies have adjusted to them, and there is no more adverse reaction. Sadly, too many Christians have developed a kind of spiritual callousness to the wicked world we live in. We are constantly bombarded by evil of every kind. We see it in person. We read about it. We view it on television. We hear it on the radio. 
We have unlimited access to it via the Internet and other media. Our neighbors are involved in it. Officials in high office are engaged in it. Initially, all of this evil irritates us. We're upset and disgusted by it. But gradually, by long exposure to these things, we become hardened. We've grown accustomed to the evil, and it no longer bothers us. We have adjusted to it all, and there is no more adverse reaction. We can view the immorality and not be shocked by it. We can hear of the perverted deeds and not be repulsed. We are streetwide. We know about illicit sex, drug abuse, and every sort of wickedness. We talk about them with ease. We have become calloused. The Lord does not want us to be this way. He desires us to live in holiness and godly sincerity, not in fleshly wisdom. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 12. He urges us to be wise in what is good and innocent in what is evil. Romans 16, verse 19. He commands us to think on things that are pure, lovely, and of good report. Philippians 4, verse 8. Christian, are you keeping yourself unspotted from the world? James 1, 27. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. My name is Rick Harris, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. I hope you'll join me and many others in this weekly Internet Bible study group. Be sure to listen every Thursday night. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Colossians 3:17. Now, back to the program. Back on the program tonight. Reminded this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more at thevirtualbiblestudy.com or collegeu.com. And check out that YouTube feed, Kyle. It is... Yeah, which on YouTube, it's uh, College View live stream. And how many spaces stuff. are in that? <laughs> well, there are between College View and live, <laughs> between College View and live stream. There's two spaces. So are there? I thought it was all live. Am I wrong? Stream. Yeah. No, there's just there's two. Okay. College View. The word live, and then the word streams. Okay. <laughs> All right. So catch it out. College, I will spell it for you. Okay. You I thought it was. Okay. College View live stream. One way or the other, you'll find it, and um, and you want to check that Actually, out. Actually, College View. Type in College View. Most time, it's uh, we're you know, there are not many College View the way we spell it, V-U-E. So That'll pretty much get you it. there. So there yeah. you go. All right. We're talking about maintaining purity on the program tonight, and uh, lots of uh, good comments from our listeners so far, and we want to hear yours as well. And... Um, Grant goes on in his email. He said he references. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, he, he says uh, we should not be conformed to the world. For, uh, Romans chapter twelve verses one and two. That sin should no longer have dominion over us. Romans six verses twelve through fourteen. Uh, that we must not continue in our former ways, but walk as new creatures. Colossians chapter three verses one through four. Uh, therefore, you've been you've been raised up with Christ. Keep seeking the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And so, um, and he says, therefore, it goes on there in Colossians three. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impure, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry, and put these things aside. And put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. So excellent comments there from Grant. Um, and he says, pure religion demands, uh, as we heard in the bullet point, to keep oneself unspotted by the world, from the world, uh, James chapter 1, verse 27. So appreciate all those comments from Grant tonight. Then Kent said in Calhoun, Georgia, he said, living in a wicked world does not justify partaking of the impurities of sin, 1 Timothy 5, verse 22. One New Testament example of individual purity is found in Stephen, Acts 6, verse 8. The divine record identifies him as one full of faith. One cannot be full of faith or, as we would say, faithful, and at the same time be contaminated by the stain of sin. Good point there. Appreciate that, uh, Kent. And uh, Jim says, since the, man, since the man and woman were cast out of the garden by God, Genesis chapter 3, sin has existed in the world. When the world became too corrupt, God found a man, Noah, who found grace in his eyes. That was the only man, yet he did that which was right before the Lord. God has always selected those to be in fellowship with him who are obedient to his will, no matter what others do. Our faithfulness to God does not depend on what the world is like. It depends upon our love for God. Anyone who would use the fact that the majority of the people are not obedient to God as an excuse to not be obedient does not have a true love for God or his word. Jesus said, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat, Matthew seven thirteen. The majority are going the wrong way, and that is the way that leads to destruction. That's a good point. Uh, we're going to have to be, we're always going to be the odd ones, David. And uh, those who are pleasing to God have always been the odd ones in, throughout time. And not only have they been the odd ones, they've been the uh, the persecuted ones yeah. um, for being different. Second uh, uh, Timothy 3 12 through 14 says, Yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus 
But evil and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned. We're going to be persecuted if we follow God and his path. We're going to be different. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, absolutely. And that, and that has to be our uh, expectation. Um, Dwight is in the chat room tonight, and he sent me a message here privately. He said, don't know if you've heard this before. Thought it fit in with tonight's discussion. One day a particular father was listening to his children make their case for permission to watch a PG-13 movie that all their friends were going to see. It featured their favorite actor. Some of some of their friends from church were going to see it. It was just it was rated PG just because of it of the suggestion of sex, but they never really showed anything. The language was pretty good, and the Lord's name was only spoken in vain three times in the whole movie. The special effects were fantastic, and the plot was action packed. There was some violence, but just the normal stuff, and it wasn't that bad. The father listened to all this, but still his answer was no. The children were not happy. Later in the evening, the same father came into the room where his children were watching TV with a plate of homemade brownies. The children perked up and eyed the dark chocolate squares and, and with smiles. That is until their father explained that he had taken their favorite brownie recipe and added a new ingredient, dog poo. He only added a little bit, and the rest were ingredients of the ingredients were top quality. He had taken great care to measure carefully and bake it at just the right temperature to ensure they would be moist and chewy, just the way they liked them. As the children recoiled in disgust, the father acted surprised. He assured them that they probably wouldn't notice the dog poo at all. There was only one little bit in that big bowl of ingredients. He was sure they would taste just fine and not really harm them. Still, the children turned up their noses and refused to even touch the dog poo brownies. The father then explained that the movie they wanted to see was just like the dog poo brownies. Uh, Satan tries to uh, enter our minds and our homes by deceiving us into thinking that just a little bit of evil doesn't matter. Just as the brownies, only a little dog poo made the difference between something great and something totally unacceptable. From that point on, whenever those children were were asked to do or see something that was unacceptable, the father uh, merely asked if they would like some special brownies, and they didn't ask anymore. I think that makes a good point. Thank you, Dwight, for that. That's a great point. Uh, and uh, we need to we need to understand sin as being just that, as a defilement, uh, Josh. And we want we want our lives to be free from it, and we don't want to get as close to to it as we can and have just a little bit in it. Yeah, that's right. I thought I thought of uh, Exodus. Uh, 23 verse 2, I think, uh, thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. Yep. You know, just because everybody else is running toward it doesn't mean that, that I need to do it just because everybody else is doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Here's what Dwight in his email said. James mentions that we are to live pure and undefiled, un- pure and undefiled life in the sight of God and to keep ourselves unstained by the world. First John chapter 2 verses 15 through uh, 17, as we referenced already, don't love the world or the things that are in the world. So he says, no, it doesn't give you. Uh, an excuse to not live as you should. 877-381-4567 if you'd like to join in the discussion on the phone tonight. And so we ask the question then, um, and I don't know, Bible examples. Did you have any more, either of you gentlemen? I think about Nadab, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel taken into captivity. They weren't the only Jewish boys taken into captivity. What were all their other friends doing? Why were their Why were their friends eating the meat and the food that they shouldn't be eating? Why were they bowing down to the idol? They had the courage to say, "No, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. Don't I don't care what my friends are doing. I don't care what everyone's around me doing. The people that they should have been able to gain strength from, the other guys taking captivity, but they were going to stand strong." They didn't care. They were going to maintain purity. They weren't going to be defiled by uh, the king's delicacies. Uh, and so lots of examples, lots of examples of folks that maintained purity in spite and against going against the grain. All right. Next question we asked, what things in our society threaten our purity? And we can talk about this the rest of the hour. I'll let you have the first shot at it, David. So I was thinking about um, Laodicea. The, the church in Revelation, Revelation chapter 3, starting verse 14 through 22. Um, that entire congregation had been influenced and impacted by the world around them. They had no good things to say about them. They had fallen. And in verse 17, we read, Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, 
poor, blind, and naked. Yeah. That's that's a great picture and visual for us all that if we allow the world in, it will not only take away us individually, in this case, it taken away an entire congregation. Yeah. Yeah. And it probably started with one well, we don't know, but it could have started with just one member bringing it in and then influencing others. And that's the way it works in the church, isn't it? Where there's some immorality is brought in and compromised, Josh, and right. soon, soon we've, we've all fallen for it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I thought about, Jacob. Um, at, on this topic, I just thought about easy access to sinful things. I mean, we've got a lot of freedoms in this country, and we're thankful for that. Uh, we're really blessed in that regard. But sinful activities are just i mean if if i want to go find something in trouble i don't have to look very hard to find it amazon will get you the next day yeah (laughs) yeah exactly yeah i mean it's sad but true yeah uh and and so i i heard a quote it's not a biblical quote but it said lie down with the dogs and you'll get up with the fleas i mean that's so true yeah uh, and it's easy to get into trouble. Well, you, not on guard. Yeah, and and you you lead me to one that I I was thinking of is our is our companions, those that were around. Yeah. They will cause us to be evil. First Corinthians chapter fifteen verse thirty three: Evil company corrupts good habits. Now that's that's a that's a that's a blanket statement. God said it. You can't think that you're going to buck the system. You're going to be different. If you're around evil people, they will corrupt you. That's what yeah. it says. We need to understand that. We need to be on guard. Yeah. More often than not, we're going to be drugged down by if people are doing wrong. It's it's more difficult sometimes for us to pull them to do right. And it's easier for them to pull us into doing wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we re- You referenced, I think, earlier, 1 Corinthians 5, verse 6, a little leaven that right. is all lump. And we've seen it. That's right. We've seen it where just a little bit starts to spread, and we've got to be on guard against that. David, anything else? Continuing that thought on Revelation uh, the review of seven congregations. Mm-hmm. How many of those, uh, not too many generations removed from Jesus Christ dying on the cross, raising all the miracles oh, yeah. happening? Yeah. And what does that account there? Five. Five were on their way to losing their candlestick. Yeah. It goes to this point. If, if we are around it and we grow comfortable with it, uh, modesty. Uh, we forget, or we forget to, bl- or we forget how to blush, um, and and these are all warning signs for us of what society can do yeah. if we're not careful. Here's one that you might not think about that can cause you, us to be impure. That's false teachers. Jude verse four talks about this. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked for out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness, and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. These false teachers were coming in, and they were bringing in impurity with them, moral impurity in this case, uh, and false teachers work that way. And yielding to false teachers will cause us to be impure. And so we need the pure and undefiled gospel of Christ, and we've got to demand that. Uh, and Okay, Josh? Yeah, well, I'll go with Second Peter 2 and verse 1. Uh, he says, there were false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Yeah. yeah. So I think you're absolutely, absolutely correct. Jesus talked a lot about false teachers and, and the damage that they could do and uh, the damage to the flock. We've got to be on guard. Let's go to the inbox. And uh, Grant in Tennessee said, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the boastful pride of life. First John chapter two, verses fifteen through seventeen. Lust of the flesh, he says, desires of the flesh, lust of the eye, desire to have more, and the boastful pride of life, uh, confidence in self, leaving God out of the picture. In particular, he says, materialism and sensuality play a large part in warring with the saints today. Thank you for that, Grant. Appreciate that. Dwight uh, says, television, internet, music, parents not teaching their children. Lack of teaching from the pulpit. We see and he, we see it and hear it all the time from TV, media, friends, family. That premarital sex is okay. Homosexuality is normal. Abortion is a woman's choice, and it's not murder. And that even religion is just a feel-good recreation instead of worship to God. All these things draw people away from God and keeps them from being uh, pure in God's sight. Thank you, Dwight, for that. And Jim in Kentucky says there are many things in this world that threaten our purity. Laxity in morals, fornication, adultery, homosexuality, etc. Easy divorce, which ignores the only exception Jesus provided with regards to divorce and remarriage in Matthew chapter 19. 
Religion which seeks to be approved of men and does not seek to please God. When we ignore God's word, Hosea 4, 6, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, and seek to please men and change God's word to fit our desires, we rebel against him and his standard of purity, Matthew 15, verses 8 and 9. Thank you, Jim. And then Kent says, there are many things in society that threaten our purity, TV, movies, sporting events, secular education, and non-Christian friends. I'm certainly aware that all of these have been identified, that all of these that have been identified are not within themselves sinful. However, impurity has a way of entering into things that are not wrong within in themselves. This, I believe, to be the greatest challenge for Christians. There are times when we, ought, we let down our guard in association with what we consider to be harmless and find ourselves caught up in either temptations and or outright impure actions because we have not been attentive of reality. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. Excellent comments there tonight uh, from all of our respondents. We need to take a break. Last break, and then we go to the top of the hour. When we get back, this is really the crux of the of the discussion. How can we maintain purity in our lives? I think we've pretty much established the fact mm. we've got to be pure, and that there's a lot of dangers to, to, and threats to that purity. How can I, as a Christian today, remain pleasing to God and maintain the purity that he expects in spite of the fact that I've got all this impurity around me? How can I remain pure? We'll get that on the other side of the break, and we'll hopefully get your comments. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Hi, this is Jordan Sanders from College View Church of Christ, and here's some thoughts for you today. Have you ever wondered why there never seems to be enough time to get everything done? Well, we may not have the answer. According to an article in U.S. News, an average American in his lifetime will spend six months at a stop sign, eight months opening junk mail, one year looking for misplaced items, two years unsuccessfully trying to return telephone calls, five years waiting in a line, and six years eating. Other recent studies suggest that we will spend as much as 20 years watching TV and even more time sleeping. Now, to put this in proper perspective, think of this. If you attend every service of church, Sunday Bible study, Sunday morning and evening worship, and Wednesday night Bible study, you will spend only about 1.5 years total. That's only slightly more time than you will spend looking for misplaced items and only about twice as much time as you will spend opening junk mail. But some Christians will not even do this much. Over and over again, we return to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Do not forsake the assembly of ourselves together. God commands us to assemble. Why? The context of this verse clearly shows that it is for our benefit. Are you taking advantage of this great blessing? Christian, how are you using your time? If you don't regularly attend all of the services, you may be spending more time opening junk mail than worshiping God. Isn't that a terrifying thought? My name is Jim Meisner. I worship at the Church of Christ in Deckerville, Michigan. Be sure to listen to the virtual Bible study and watch it. We're waiting to hear from you. Call in right now and join in on the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. Delta in the chat room uh, right before the break sent in this comment. I think it's great. Just as we have to clean our home once a week, we need to clean out our list of friends to keep things pure. I like that. Be proactive in it. You know, that, you know, you know, oh, he's putting on things that are filthy on there. Or, uh, I wish I hadn't seen that. Do something about it. Get rid of him. You, know, you don't have to see that. You could, and, that, and that's in all areas of our life. Yeah. I think yeah. it's part of examining ourselves yeah. and, and who we're letting influence. And, well, and it may be time doing. to make some changes. Yeah. You don't have, it doesn't have to be like that. Get rid of that person, either in their, your virtual friends or in your real life friends. Say, you know, not, enough's enough. I'm, going, I'm taking control of this. And um, uh, I can tell that Delta doesn't have any kids in his or her life. Just clean out the home once a week. That wouldn't work. It, my house, would it? You, Josh? No. <laughs> Too many uh, rugrats running around. Multiple times a day. All right. Um, <laughs> thank you, Delta, for your comments tonight. Um, all right. Uh, how can we maintain purity in our lives? Well, Delta's got us. Oh, not true. Delta does have children. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, That's children. Now it makes me feel bad. Nice. All right. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll, maybe we should have a parenting lesson and have Delta <laughs> send in some tips. Um, all right. Um, how do we maintain purity? Uh, Delta's kicked it off really nice there with that comment about our friends. Um, Josh, you can take the lead on that one. Sure. Uh, I wrote down Psalm 51.10 that says, Create it in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Uh, so create a clean heart, a pure heart. And that doesn't happen 
unless I immerse myself in the Word of God and then allow it to, when, when I obey it and focus on it and put it into practice, that will help me have a pure heart. I, I put away all the things that are around me that are dragging me in different directions and just focus on God and His Word. That will help me to be pure. So spend some time Absolutely. dwelling on God's Absolutely. Word. That's a challenge in the media age that we live in, uh, David, because we can have something in our ear, in, our, in front of our face all the time, filling, pumping things into our mind, and we need, to, we need to turn that off so that we can spend some time thinking about what we need to be thinking about. Nonstop, 24-7. I okay. think of Psalm, I love where you went, Psalms, uh, Josh, Psalms 1-2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he is in his law he meditates day and yep. night. Yep. Does that describe how we live our lives? Not today. No. But you, there's all kinds of things that are being crammed in our head that aren't. And they may not be wrong in and of themselves, right? I mean, you can uh, you can learn all that you want about the migratory pattern of the monarch butterfly or wh- whatever it may be. I mean, we're in the information age. You can fill your mind with all kinds of things that aren't necessarily wrong. But what our, our meditation needs to be on is the Word of God. And, uh, and, and we need to be – we need to limit some of this – noise that's in our life it would be good if we had often say are we inconvenienced by going to church and reading the bible with our kids are we inconvenienced by the world what's our priority what's what's taking the majority of our focus often tell people our phones um, have a truth meter built inside Uh, the new operating systems have a battery feature you go in there and you can actually see on a weekly basis where your attention has been, how often is the Bible app on our phone at the very top of the list, and not just by a little bit, exponentially? What's there? It tells a lot if we take the moment to reflect. Need to do some self-reflection on that, Josh, um, and make sure that we've got it in the right perspective. Um, Okay, I like that, focusing on God's Word. Uh, and that's what uh, that's what Romans chapter 12 verse 2 said that we were transformed by the renewing of our mind that we improve what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We got to make sure that our mind stays focused on God's word and don't let the society set the standards. Well, garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. Right. I mean, you put good things in, then then good things will come. Yeah. How else? Well, I, we prayer. Uh, okay. When you know, I I know that we've said it, and I found it to be true in my life. When I'm focusing on praying, it's difficult for me to get caught up in, you know, temptations and things. Uh, and and I guess the the opposite is true too. If I'm focusing on those things, it's difficult for me to pray. Uh, so if we make prayer a priority, it, it'll help us re- remain focused on the right things. So I think that's just a simple, easy one uh, to do that we often neglect. We don't spend time in prayer. David. Putting on the whole armor of God, Ephesians 6:11 goes through a variety of tools God has given us to protect us. But it's not an option of, oh, you know what? When I go into battle today, I only need three of the items. I, I can leave everything else at home. It's so heavy. It's inconvenient. Every single day, we need to be putting on the whole armor of God. And the one that's often forgot about is the one that Josh just mentioned, prayer. Yeah. It's, it's what holds everything together. So if we're in the Word and we have prayer, we're going to be setting ourselves up for success. And so maybe uh, part of this uh, maintaining purity is realizing the war that we're in. You talk about getting your 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 battle gear on every day. We need to understand and be prepared that this is going to be something that bombards me every day. I've got to make sure that I'm on guard and I'm ready for whatever attack may come my way. Yeah, I think it's just uh, it's foolish not to be prepared for the battle that you're going into. I mean, you you know your enemy. Uh, you respect them in the sense that, you know, the devil is good at what he does. You've seen how he's taken the world away with him. So we've got to be uh, know know the wiles of the devil, know what he's going to try to do, uh, and be prepared to stand up against them. All right. Got some time to take your comments if you want to sign them in the chat room. Here's Harv in the chat room. He says, Job chapter 31, verse 1 says, I've made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a young woman? And Harv says, so be determined in advance how to act. Also, Psalm 119, verse 11 your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Be in the word and hide it in your heart to keep from sin. Absolutely. Excellent comments. Be prepared ahead of time. Know what you're going to do ahead of time. And then make sure that word is hidden in your heart. You know when you're presented with a temptation, well, God told me not to do that in 
this passage. Yeah. You may not have to know the, the scriptural reference, but you know what it says, yeah. you know, I, that I shouldn't be doing that. Right. And I'm going to get away from it. Grant and Janie in the chat room, a strong teaching program will keep us focused on spiritual things. Amen to that. Uh, we need to have that, that strong program. We need to be in the word and we need to be demanding it of, uh, of others as well, that especially in the congregations that we're a part of that, Hey, we need a strong, no, no fun and games. We're in a battle and our, our children are going to be in a battle and Kyle, we want them to be prepared. You know, we're not, this isn't just, uh, Hey, you know, it's, it's, uh, cupcakes and balloons all the time. No, this is serious stuff. Yeah, which I regretfully, uh, even sometimes in, I've seen examples in recent uh, months and years that young people are falling away in droves. Uh, they're not getting the bedrock teachings. They're not getting that firm teaching. Sometimes they go when they're we leave our kids, leave our young people alone among other young people, and they need to be among strong Christians consistently, though. They don't need to be just among themselves uh, talking about whatever they talk about. They need to be firm in the word. They need to make sure that they're getting deep into spiritual like strength and this that we're in. It's a constant. It's a daily battle. It's it's every single day you wake up. You have to be ready to like today. I'm I'm going to choose purity today. Like I'm going to if I see that if I see impurity, I'm like I'm not going to take part in that. Yeah. So it just it's uh yeah our young people have to make sure that they're. Yeah. They're grounded in the teaching and, 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 and adults as well. Yeah. You know, a lot of the a lot of the teaching you hear in, in churches today is just fluffy stuff that doesn't yeah. really tell me what's going good. Yeah. Good. Tickling ears. Yeah. It's not yeah. telling me how to maintain purity and how to right. respond in certain situations. Right. And we got to have that. I appreciate Grant and Janie for bringing that out in the yeah. chat room. Kent in Calhoun, Georgia, says we maintain purity. Through the means of biblical separation. That's a passage that Grant had mentioned earlier, Second Corinthians 6, verses 14 through 18. Don't touch the unclean thing. And by walking in the light of God's truth, First uh, John chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. When as Christians we do not recognize, uh, do not, when as Christians we do sin, recognize such, then repent of such, confess the sins to God, and pray for forgiveness. First John 1, 8 through 10, and Second, First uh, John 2, verses 1 and 2. Thank you for that uh, tonight, Kent. Jim. And, George, and Kentucky says we can only maintain purity in our lives by focusing on Jesus Christ. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of faith. And following God's word, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me, John 14, 6. We must remember that the cost for sin was the blood of Jesus Christ upon the cross. We must believe that only God's word has the answers to life's problems and that the gospel is the only means of salvation, Romans 1, 16, and 17. Not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. That's not what you could say about many denominations in, in many of the religious world today, David. They don't think the gospel of Christ is enough that you need to dress it up, you need to gimmick it up, and bring some fun and games into the, in the equation. It, it, it does not need to modernize with cultures and with times. Yeah. Uh, the gospel was once and for all delivered, and its truth will stand the test of time. To the world, it will be foolishness. Yeah. It will be absolute foolishness. But it is our means of salvation it is the it is the power of god unto salvation it's the power of god unto, of god to make me pure and to keep me pure and i must demand it and dwight in iowa says we maintain our vehicle and we do regular service on it in having a regular routine of maintenance we extend the life of our vehicles in the world we live in today we guard against the wearing down of our souls much like we wax our car to perfect the finish or change the oil in the engine in ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 17 paul tells them to put on the whole armor of god david as you mentioned this is to help us keep our lives pure and being uh from and keep from being stained by satan's evil ways we are to also pray as it says in the 18th verse we need to study diligently god's word to build our faith so that we can know what to do in times of trials paul said that he had to buffet his body daily and that he did not he also did not want to be disqualified, 1 Corinthians 9, 27. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5, examine yourselves as whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless you indeed you are disqualified? Uh, but I trust that you will know that we are not disqualified. We must be debtors to Christ, not the flesh, Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 13. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Thank you, Dwight, for those comments. And then finally tonight, as we round out the hour, 
uh, Dwight, or sorry, Grant says uh, we maintain purity in our lives uh, by being diligent. First, uh, Second Timothy chapter two, verse fifteen: Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Any references Psalm one nineteen eleven: Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. You know, I like that uh, verse there in Second Timothy chapter two, verse fifteen: Be diligent. It's not going to happen by chance. There's nobody. Gonna, nobody's going to get to heaven and look around and say, "Well, how did I get here?" Oh, I must have been pure all the I didn't. I did. I didn't know. I, what amazing! Nothing got on me. I, I was pure. No, this is going to take effort. Yeah. You have to be intentional about it. Yeah, yeah. You have to. And I, I think the point you made earlier is so good about knowing what I'm going to do before the temptation arises. Yeah. You know, I've got the word in my heart, and so I know I'm not going to steal when that temptation arises because the word of God tells me not to steal. Yeah. Don't don't wait till the temptation comes up and then say, "What am I going to do?" Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really important what Kyle said. He he brought our attention back to our children. And we worry about our lives a lot of times. But as parents, it's absolutely critical that we are looking after and setting that environment for our children. Hey, it's not just about me anymore. And it's it's and it's not just about any of us alone. Right. It's it's about the people that are around us. If we have children, it's mm-hmm. children. If we have anybody children in our life, anybody, yeah. it may be it may be somebody else's children that are watching me, That's and right. they watch, they That's understand right. they understand how I'm living. I don't live to myself. I've got to make sure that I'm having. I have that standard of myself so that I can be the influence to others. And David, you're not going to influence me to be pure if you're not pure yourself. Absolutely. It's impossible. Yeah. And so uh, we've got to make sure that we understand that. Excellent comments. We are out of uh, time. Uh, Dwight and Michelle say keep the faith and stay pure. I think that's a good way to conclude the program. We can leave it right there at that. Appreciate that. David, thanks for time to, taking time to be here tonight. Appreciated the time with you. Absolutely. Thank and, you for having me. And Josh, you as well. Enjoyed it. Glad to be here. And uh, Kyle, well, it was uh, good to be with you yeah. with a full room here tonight. Yeah. I appreciate you helping us get it out on the air. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. Hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word, and hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.